Dermatology Snapshots, June 2022. Paper 1. Pediatric Mycosis Fungoides. Characteristics, Management and Outcomes with Particular Focus on the Follicular Trophic Variant. Writer et al. Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. Why we chose this paper. It is the largest observational study of pediatric mycosis fungoides to date. The diagnosis is often delayed in children and there are no management guidelines. Study aim and design. A retrospective analysis amongst 71 under 18 year olds with MF diagnosed in two centres in Israel over a 10 year period, looking especially at folliculotrophic MF with 9.2 mean years follow-up. What were the main findings? MF was hypopigmented, 55%, folliculotrophic, 42%, and classical, 39%, with 81% presenting with a combination thereof. Folliculotrophic MF more often affected head and neck, 43% versus 12% of non-folliculotrophic MF, and were more often pruritic, 58% versus 29% in non-folliculotrophic MF. 69 patients had early stage MF. 60 of these had a complete response to less than two treatment modalities. Non-folliculotrophic MF responded well to narrowband UVB, and folliculotrophic MF to UVA-based therapies. Topical corticosteroids were rarely sufficient. Two folliculotrophic MF patients were tumour stage at outset, and four others, three folliculotrophic MFs, one non-folliculotrophic MF, progressed in stage during follow-up. The mean diagnostic delay was three years. Limitations, is it applicable? 75% of patients had Fitzpatrick type 1 to 3. Folliculotrophic MF was more common in this series than other publications, maybe due to ethnic, geographic or study design factors. What is the take-home message? In children, MF tends to be different to adults. It is early stage, indolent, treatment responsive, with a majority of hypopigmented and folliculotrophic MF variants. Paper 2 Topical micmod versus surgery for vulval intraepithelial neoplasia, a multicentre, randomised, phase 3, non-inferiority trial. Tratnowski, The Lancet. Why we chose this paper? Most of us will encounter VIN at some point, so we feel it's important to stay up to date with the management of this condition. Study aim and design. A phase 3, non-inferiority, 20% margin study of females aged 18 to 90 with histologically confirmed vulval high-grade squamous intraepithelial lesions to compare treatment with a MICMOD versus surgery. The primary endpoint was complete clinical response. 5% in MICMOD was applied in an escalating manner. Once per week for two weeks, twice per week the following two weeks, and if tolerated, three times per week for the last weeks, for a minimum of 16 weeks. 
Application was continued until clearance up to a maximum of six months. What were the main findings? Of 98 patients who completed the study protocol, 37, 80% of 46 patients using imicmod, had complete clinical response. Compared with 41, 79% of 52 patients after one surgical intervention, showing non-inferiority of the new treatment. Limitations, is it applicable? Previous randomised controlled trials have shown lower response rates to treatment with imicromod. What's the take-home message? Although this study suggests that imicromod can be considered first-line treatment for VIN as an alternative to surgery, previous studies have shown lower clearance rates than surgery and further evidence is needed. Paper 3. Longitudinal atopic dermatitis endotypes, an atopic March paradigm that includes black children. Biogeny, Journal Allergy Clinical Immunology. Why we chose this paper? Sequential development of atopic dermatitis, food allergies, allergic rhinitis and asthma is more heterogeneous than initially thought. Understanding how race impacts the atopic march will enable us to tailor our approach to an ethnically diverse population. Study aim and design. A well-designed American cohort study of 601 under twos with atopic dermatitis comparing black, 68%, and white children's progression to other atopic conditions with at least one year of follow-up. What were the main findings? White children were more likely to be sensitised to aero food allergens and to develop food allergies with or without allergic rhinitis without a asthma risk. Black children were six times more likely to get asthma without allergies and rhinitis, despite lower transepidermal water loss and higher filigran expression. Black children had higher air pollution exposure and lower pet ownership, both relevant to asthma risk. Confounders were carefully corrected. Limitations. Is it applicable? The increased tendency to asthma in black children is well reported, but atopic March studies to date are mainly in white children. Proxy validated asthma risk scores were used as children were too young for an objective asthma diagnosis at follow-up. Interventional eczema studies that aim to reduce the risk of atopic March progression should consider racial variations observed. What's the take-home message? Atopic dermatitis endotypes vary considerably according to race and determine an atopic March trajectory. White children with atopic dermatitis have a lower asthma risk than black children despite having a more dysfunctional skin barrier. Longer studies are needed. Paper 4. Cutaneous polyarteritis nodosa, Diagnosis and Treatment, a retrospective case series, summarised by Dr Rachel Blythe, author Stewart, Journal American Academy of Dermatology. Why we chose this paper? There is currently limited data to guide the management of cutaneous polyarteritis nodosa. Study aim and design. A retrospective case series reviewing patients with clinical and histological features of cutaneous polyarteritis nodosa 
at rheumatology and dermatology clinics in Vancouver, Canada, between January 2003 and February 2020. What were the main findings? 16 patients were included. The time between onset of symptoms and diagnosis varied between 2 months to 15 years and 9 months, average of 32 months. Inconclusive biopsies were common. 6 out of 16 patients required more than 1. Most commonly used medications were methotrexate, 68.8%, prednisolone, 68.8%, and azathioprine, 50%. 8 of 11 patients, 72.7%, had at least a partial response to methotrexate, 5 of whom had previously failed other therapies, azathioprine, prednisolone and dapsone. They noted that levido often persisted despite therapy, and many patients, 9 out of 16, had a mild or chronic relapsing course. Limitations, is it applicable? This was only a small sample size at a single centre with a retrospective design. The authors raise lack of data regarding dose and duration of therapies limiting applicability. What's the take-home message? This paper highlights the difficulty in diagnosing and managing patients with cutaneous polyarteritis nodosa with multiple biopsies often required to diagnose the condition. Patients may require trials of multiple medications to determine an effective regimen. Paper 5. Secukinumab dosing every two weeks demonstrated superior efficacy compared with dosing every four weeks in patients with psoriasis weighing 90 kilograms or more Results of a randomised controlled trial. Summarised by Dr George Sisme, author Augustine, British Journal of Dermatology. Why we chose this paper. Previous data highlights lower serum secukinumab concentration in patients weighing over, seven, over 90 kilograms. Weight influences response to biologics with fewer obese patients achieving a good response. Study aim and design. A phase 3 multi-centre double-blind trial of patients with moderate to severe chronic plaque psoriasis weighing greater than 90 kg, randomised to receive secukinumab 300 mg every 2 or 4 weeks. Primary outcome was PARSI 90 at week 16 and 52. What were the main findings? 331 patients were included. At week 16, Significantly more of the two-weekly dosing group achieved PARSI-90 than the four-weekly dosing group, 73.2% versus 55.5%, P0.0003. This finding was sustained at week 52, 76.4% versus 52.4%. At week 16, non-responders in the four-week arm were randomised to either remain at four-weekly intervals or increase to two-weekly dosing. More of the increase to two-weekly achieved PARSI-90, although overall numbers remain low, 38.7 versus 16.5%. There was no change in the safety profile across the different groups. Limitations. Is it applicable? Industry-funded and authors had multiple disclosures. Although the safety profile was assessed, there is little discussion on the side effects. 
The populations studied were mostly men, 74.9%, and Caucasian, 92.4%. What's the take-home message? The BAD Biologics Decisions Aid 2020 quotes roughly 60% achieve parsley 90 after three to four months with standard for weekly dosing. In patients who weigh greater than 90 kilograms, two weekly dosing of secukinumab may improve the chances of uh, chances of achieving parsley 90 with no worsening of the safety profile. Paper 6, Ad Libitum. Open notes and dermatopathology reports a pathway to increasing patient autonomy, not confusion. Blanchard and Stoff, Journal of the American Academy in Dermatology. The issue. Across the spectrum of medicine, patient open access to notes and results is increasing. Whilst this may enhance patient autonomy and reduce the anxiety of waiting for results, there are concerns that this may give rise to several issues. The case four. Open dermatopathology records means increased transparency in patient autonomy. A study of almost 30,000 patients found that 73% felt that note reading was very important for helping take care of their health. Increased access to reports should enhance patient engagement with their care plan. The case against. In one study, where patients interpreted their dermatopathology report only 12% correctly identified the diagnosis. The same study found that when patients read the report, 92% felt anxious, even after correctly identifying the diagnosis. There is also the risk of cancer diagnoses being received by the patient prior to the doctor speaking with the patient. The compromise. The authors suggest a lag period may be a useful compromise between the report being released to the doctor versus the patient. Furthermore, they call for the pathology reports and medical reports being simplified to facilitate patient interpretation. We feel it is imperative for patient portals to provide doctors with the ability to hold the reports and release them only when appropriate to do so to reduce patient anxiety and confusion.